This is our first episode of the LA Transplant, and I'm sitting across from a very beautiful man named Jonathan Herndon, who also happens to be my husband and my producer and my audio engineer and my creative director, and he came up with that beautiful open that you just heard, and I love it. Hi, sir. Hi. How are you? Okay. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. That's my cat purr. Ah, so I want to start off with a couple things that are new on the LA Transplant this week. We just posted a list of the upcoming fall and winter music festivals because most of the time music festival season is over the summer. We all look forward to wearing our little uh, booty shorts and midriff tops and uh, fringe. And uh, now you can break out the Uggs and the snow boots and the skull caps for the fall and winter music festivals. And there happens to be something every weekend here in October. And it drops down a little bit in November, but uh, it's pretty active festival season this year. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, also new on the LA Transplant, we have a list of some of the top spots that you can come to spot celebrities. So if you're ever out visiting and want to see some of your favorite stars, we have a list of where they hang out. And uh, yeah, do that. Definitely get in some of those pictures on uh, TMZ and whatnot. Now to you, sir, my guest. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, Fringe. Fringe. Yes. Out of all of that, you're just looking forward to Fringe? Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that you have all the helpful information posted on latransplant.com. I try to do what I can, actually. And I mean, it's really paying off in all the clicks and views that we're getting. Yeah? How Mm. are those analytics looking these days? Well, I mean, in analytical terms, we're currently flatlined, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's looking up. It's looking up from here. We just started actively. Did you get your AdSense in? Did they approve you for AdSense? I never got the message if they did. Okay. So we might need That takes a while. How long? A few weeks. Uh so anyways, this is definitely not an AdSense sort of conversation that's gonna happen here or ever in my life. But I do want to talk to you about your life. Okay. And your decision to come to this beautiful town that we call the City of Angels. Oh, why are you yawning? Is that a boring question? It's a pretty boring question. I came I came for a girl. It's really the only reason that I'm here. You came for a I girl? I otherwise really can't stand the place. But Do I know this girl? I don't think so. Her name is uh, uh, Latasha. Latasha. <laughs> you have a thing for brown women, don't you? <laughs> Latasha Williams. Why do you like Williams? Well, all black people have last name Williams, so Williams. This is not, you won't use this platform for your racism. We're not <laughs> spewing hate here. Um. So it was a girl. Okay, so you came for a girl. 
Yeah. And how'd that work out for you? Um, okay, I got here and we dated for like five more months and and then we broke up, but um you know, it was worth it that she got me out of the town I was in. But didn't you love that town? Where are you from originally? From Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. You have a do you have an accent? Yep. Isn't that always the second question that you get? Yep. <laughs> the second question that you get and then the, the third question is usually when i like to whenever i get that question like oh you're from alabama you don't really have an accent then i go ahead and show them the difference you actually do have an accent when though. i can lay it down real deep well you do have a real deep one too in there then they kind of realize that oh i don't have too bad a one because it could be this bad it could be that bad, and it's, whenever you go home, it usually is that bad. And pretty easily. It's real easy to talk like this. I mean, but were you talking that way when you lived there, or did it go away when you came here? No, I always made a conscious, conscious effort to not have an accent even, growing up. Even there? Yes. I very much tried to not have an accent. Why are you trying so when hard I, right now? You're when I lived in Alabama. So, coming out here, it's it's pretty easy to not have most of it. Two things, though. Why didn't you want to have My one there? Those are a little hot. Why did I not? Yeah. Well, because I hated Alabama when I was growing up, and I hated all the fucking rednecks that I was surrounded by, and I didn't want to be like them, and I wanted to at least act smart even if i wasn't and you know and then not having a redneck accent was kind of one of those ways for me to feel like i was maybe rising above one of the other things that i noticed about la is that an accent will get you far here it's kind of your distinguishing tool for most people i knew someone that whipped out the accent when appropriate in order to get a little bit more of attention and use it as a conversation starter. I mean, have you never approached the accent in that way? No, I think because growing up I saw it as such a hindrance that I it never occurred to me to use it as a tool or to my advantage. So um I use it sort of as a joke now in in day-to-day conversation when when I bring up something that somebody from Alabama would say, or like my dad would say, or something, I draw it back up and get real deep into it to to put an exclamation on whatever I'm, whatever joke I'm telling or whatever. Um, you're so funny. Shut up. Tell me and one of those country good old boy jokes. Um, it's usually quoting my dad, and he'll say. Of something that's weak, like a, like a Prius or something like that, like a car with a small engine, he would say, man, that thing couldn't pull a greasy string out of a hog's ass. Tell me, say it, say it faster. He can't. He it's, doesn't say it fast? No, he says it like that. You know how my dad talks. Say it so, one more man, that thing couldn't pull a greasy string out of a hog's ass. Oh my God, your dad does say it like that. Yeah, <laughs> what is a greasy string doing in a hog's ass? Well, I think the premise is is that the hog's asshole is pretty big. Okay. And that 
if it were to have a string in it that was greased, it would probably come out of that hog's ass pretty easily, but not a lot of force. I see. And so if this whatever, the subject couldn't pull that string out of that hog's ass, then it must be pretty weak. But I mean, is that common knowledge show that hogs have big assholes? Because I didn't know that. And I would have never gotten that joke without that breakdown. Right. That's the kind of joke where you have to be a little country to understand. I'm from the country. I'm real country. And he does all those, you know, couldn't pour too dumb to pour piss out of a boot and stuff like that. You can't say it in your city. If you're going to say the joke, it's going to have to be country boy, not city boy, <sighs> telling me that joke. Well. Uh, so you moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. For a girl. Yeah. And um, that must have worked out well for you. But I mean, the I decision. Just told you we broke up after five months. That's not that great. I mean, I'm not going to live in your fantasy world. Okay. If you want to break up with me, you just do that. You just say that and you come clean about it. And so we've been hap- happily together ever since. And we've been happily married for like a month now or something like that. Um, But your decision to move here to L.A., I mean, did you ever regret it at any point? Did you ever love it? I mean, has it is it home yet for you? It's not home. There's certain parts that are intriguing. There's the majority of things are annoying. Um, but I think that's just about with any city, especially big cities. You're going to get a lot of everything. If you're annoyed by a certain kind of thing, a big city is going to give you a lot of that thing just because it's a big city. And what are those things? I don't know. Traffic is a fucking nightmare here. So much so that I we talk about, my boss and I talk about the bubble and not getting out of the bubble. What's the bubble? The bubble, you know, the west side bubble. The the west of the 101, north of the 10, south of the hills, east of the beach, the bubble. You don't get out of the bubble because you know it's going to take you fucking two hours to get to wherever the hell. I'm not really sure about north, south, east, and west, but I you imagine we live in the bubble. Yes, we okay. live in the we bubble. We live in the bubble. Well, you want to live here. We can easily live outside of the bubble. Well, no. Hell no. Everything's in the bubble. You don't want to live outside the bubble. There might be peace and serenity outside of the bubble. Yeah, there is. But there's also a two-hour car ride every day You're if you live outside the bubble. How about let's not be dub- Debbie Downer? How about let's talk about some of the things that we love about this beautiful town? Well, I do like the bubble. The bubble's cool. You like the bubble? I mean, the bubble's all right. And define what exactly the bubble is. Give I, me city names. The bubble for me is um, Los Feliz and then West. So it doesn't include Glendale or Burbank or any of those. Well, okay. So you're talking about Los Feliz, Hollywood, Hollywood West Hollywood. West Hollywood, Beverly uh, Hills, Santa Monica, Century West city. LA, Century City. And then anything north of the 10. You love living in the bubble. I don't know that I use the word love. Okay, well, can you... You're not helping here. (laughs) I like the the bubble. The bubble's cool. It's where all the hot happenings seem to happen. What do you know about hot happenings? 
Well, it just seems like that's where they would happen if they were to happen. You avoid hot happenings like the plague. I do. But I mean, so the bubble is pretty much all you know, though, because when you came here, you were living in the bubble. Yeah, mostly. You uh, landed when you got here from Alabama and nor or in Hollywood. When I got here, I, I landed in North Hollywood, which is ways different from our place in Hollywood. I mean, what do you think about Hollywood? It's in the bubble next to all the hot happenings. Uh, and now we live far from Hollywood, not that far from Hollywood, but it's not Hollywood. But how is Hollywood for you? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, Hollywood, Hollywood is interesting. It's, it's a little dirtier than I think most people imagine it would be. There you go with that negative shit again. Uh, but, but it's it's interesting. I mean, it's it's kind of a. I think it's kind of a bucket list thing where you gotta kind of see it, and see the you know see the stars and whatnot. Um, and there's you know, if I knew anything about hot happenings, then I would know that there's some cool bars there. Um, wow, this we're making progress here. But I don't know anything about hot happenings. So, but there's uh, there's cool dive bars and plenty of clubs and whatnot. Um, um did you living like living there, there was yeah living there was sort of sketchy, but not totally. It's kind of on the edge of of sketchy. On Sundays you feel comfortable. On Fridays, Friday nights at 2 a.m., not so much. So, it just depends on the circumstance. On any given day, it changes. Yeah. So, when you first got here, you did you have problems adjusting at all to your new crime-filled neighborhood on Friday nights? Um. Yes and no. I mean, it was different, but I think I was open to different at the time. So, um, I think it just was kind of taking it all in. And you're kind of in a daze when you move to a big city anyway from small town Alabama. There's a bit of a shock anyway. And I think for a few months, you're just kind of in a bit of a fog of and not really completely aware of all of your surroundings. So you just kind of get by, I think. Uh, but the longer I think we stayed there, uh, we kind of felt like oh, we need to maybe mosey on down the road somewhere uh full disclosure we did not decide to mosey (laughs) uh (laughs) i got my rooftop broken into and was pissed off and told the landlady fuck it we're leaving because i can't live here in hollywood anymore we had trannies outside of our window changing clothes <laughs> they would they would go behind our yeah, apartment yeah, as men and then they would leave as women and they would leave dirty kid pant panties down outside of our bedroom window and i'm pretty sure there a few times there was a shit next to one of the panties a shit there was a shit and it was like a dried shit next to the panty outside of our bedroom window um in our hollywood apartment yeah yeah so so we didn't mosey we actually ran at top speed um and so that's how that happened and the miracle mile has been a great a great change for us Uh, nice nice looking people 
nicely manicured lawns, a great landlord that's very attentive to his property. And and our other landlord was great too, but um yeah, I just couldn't get with the all the it's it's Holly Weird for a reason. They call it Holly Weird for a reason. What about work though? You came here for a girl. You didn't really have any job prospects lined up. I mean, how did that go for you? <laughs> Insert cricket I, noise. Um, us Southerners don't like to talk about our uh, careers very much. So, so what? You want to skip that whole part of your life? Yeah, if possible. Why? Just because. It's like politics. What do you mean? We don't like to talk about, you know, professionally at the ins and outs of what we do how we did and how we got there and what happened and but you're on the la transplant this is what we do here well i i understand that but i'm just telling i'm telling you why i'm uncomfortable talking about it. you're always uncomfortable talking about it and i think that is a larger issue okay i i come from simpler times no i it was embedded in me all my life to to just do your fucking job and and then you get paid for it and shut your mouth and go to work and and it's what you do when you get home and on your free time that really matters um well i mean that's easy to say but like and i understand that too because that's where i'm from um however out here everyone is so career oriented and career driven that it's usually your first name is the first question where are you from no, is the second question and what do you do is the third question like and they you know all happen within the span of two minutes yeah um, less. and it's all what do you it's do? definitely one of those so things you that do? you have to be comfortable talking about and and a lot of times because this is a place where people are constantly networking constantly on and constantly trying to make contacts to um advance their careers uh, and there's definitely a judgmental vibe, too, to what do you do, especially if you don't have that answer tightly, you know, tightly knit and ready to go. Yeah. So. Yeah, the elevator, the elevator pitch includes that question. It's not the elevator pitch here is not the project you're working on. It's also the what do you do? You got to know how to answer that. Well, Johnny He, Clearly. here's your chance to start. So, what do you do? Um, I'm a broadcast professional. Okay, that's yeah. a start. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does that consist of exactly? Uh, I work in TV and not in episodic television nor in film. Why do you have to talk about all the things you don't do? How about we just talk about what you do? Well, I... I just think it, in this town it gets confused. If you say you work in TV, then they think, oh, you work on whatever series that's going on, NBC or whatever this month. But And they, and they kind of uh, broadcast television in the sense of news. Um, it's sort of, I don't know, I, I think it's seen as third tier here. Uh, so you have to kind of preface your explanation of I work in TV with what specific type of TV you work in. So So what specific type of TV do you work in? Broadcast TV and specifically live live television. Whether it's talk shows or news shows or 
or like C-SPAN type coverage. And what do you do? I'm currently a production supervisor. So I supervise um, a handful of guys, like 15 guys, uh, shooters and editors. Um, and then I also do some directing and uh, um, graphic design, um, that sort of thing, editing. And he also did a wonderful job on the LA Transplant and also Rude.com. Yes, I'm a bit of a renaissance man and He's I do a, he, many different things. You've been described as resourceful. Actually, I don't think there's anything that you can't do. And so sitting here making you name them all is kind of a waste of time. So uh, it's more like what can't you do? That's a better question. Uh, and it's also a less interesting one. Well, so I, I don't want to I don't want to know. Well, there's one. I can't tell you what I do. Is this a joke? Yes. Why can't you? Because you ask one, what I can't do. That's one of the things I don't do very well is to tell people. Oh, well, so what do you do? I just sat through that, so I know I know that. Yeah, it's brutal. Okay, yeah, I see that. Well, we can work on that afterwards. Okay. Um, so production supervisor, what, I mean, what is that? How does one do that? Is that something that you aspire to do? Did you want to do that? I mean, how did you get into supervising production um i think it's you know i think um well i actually have a music degree and um i studied music in school and um i got to probably the fourth year of that and and yes it took me five years but i got to the fourth year of that and kind of decided that even though i enjoyed it and and i was pretty good at it i that wasn't what i wanted to do when i grew up so I ended up just kind of pushing through and getting a degree and just getting some piece of paper to show my old man. Um, and then when I got out of college, I ended up looking for kind of more technical things because I have a technical mind. And I fell into this master control, which I didn't even know what that was, master control position at a local TV NBC affiliate uh, in Alabama. And... Um, and it just clicked and, and everything that I was doing there was, it was just right. It felt right. And, and I was really good at it. And, um, and then from there I transitioned into the news scene and doing news production. And I did some audio and some camera work and stuff like that. And, and before I knew it, I was directing shows and I ended up being a senior director for that station. And uh, and then there was a something about live television that correlated greatly with live performance and like music. Um, uh, there was still the same kind of pressure because there's an audience um, and you had to perform. And although this is technical performance versus artistic performance uh it was the same kind of pressures and i excelled at that and uh and uh it was uh it just clicked and i was good at it and i really liked it and so from there i um you know from there um i just think that's a beautiful description though i, I mean the whole music and the live TV parallels that you've just drawn oh. and I want to um, say that was really nice because you made your degree count 
Whereas like I also have a an art degree that I've been told that was so useless ever since, you know, I, I got it and which is theater. But I draw parallels, too, because, you know, there's a lot of pressure in, in, in doing a, a performance. And I never did the, the theater performance track. I always did the technical side of things. But I just I feel like I learned way more there than I than I would have in a business. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I don't know. The topic here is um, what you know what what you're studying. I mean, I I think you just kind of I think you should just always go with your heart. If there's a kid you know that's going to college, like just tell him to do what feels right because it really doesn't matter. Um, what matters is 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 real world actual experience and that's all that really matters in my experience because um, I get kids as a production supervisor I get kids fresh out of film school and 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 they don't know shit they don't know as my dad would say their ass from a hole in the ground uh, that's all the film school people that I've run into too like, I found my little Alabama self explaining how everything works to these fucking people. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah. F- film, I mean, film school, I think, is great for if you're a writer. Um, and, you know, if you want to, if your living is writing scripts, then I think it's good for that. Because uh, you obviously need to study um, the topic pretty deeply. But, um, Beyond that, everything else you can learn. Anything technical, especially if you're behind the camera. And obviously if you're in front of the camera, any of that stuff um, that you would do um, collegiately is helpful. But but technically, I, I think it's a matter of getting, getting out there and getting a crappy job and getting paid shit to do whatever, grip or pull cable or whatever, to just get on the get it you know get on the scene and just be around those guys and kind of learn the lingo and and figure out what the hell they're talking about and 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 going it from that route because you learn more i mean you learn more in a day on a film set than you would a semester in film school so it seems like to me a huge waste of money um and then the guys don't they say that about all degrees now i think they do i think they do but i i think tech and i'm not saying film school is shit i'm saying technically and especially now i mean nowadays i mean nobody shoots on film anymore it's all digital cinema so so i'm sure they're teaching them that too now it's not just film it's just call film yeah they are but literally like i could teach my mom how to work a red camera like it's it's not that well, hard. Oh well, now it's just not as hard, um, and it's, it's shit you can learn on site. You don't. I mean, that's where every, that's where the business is going. Is 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 you know, you know, they're making products um, and software and systems so that anyone can use them. That's the whole point because they want to sell them to everybody. I mean, that's why Final Cut Pro ditched the whole seven scheme because it was too pro-y. They wanted to be more consumery so that everybody, so it was accessible to everyone and so that they could sell more of them. And so they, 
you know, they dumbed it down to this Final Cut Pro X thing. And I mean, it, but it totally works. You got Final Cut Pro snobs that won't use it no matter what. But I mean, it works and it's a simpler way of doing things, but it's the same product. You know, it's the same. You can you can make the exact same cut of video with Final Cut Pro X as you can with 7. It's just a different approach. But it's more about, for them, it's the accessibility. They want everyone to buy that program. But anyway, huge tangent. Yes. I, I completely digress. That's okay. Um, so I just think it's a, it's not as complex as it once was. And in the 70s, like, you know. What are we talking about here? Shooting a film in the 70s um, was was technically difficult. And that's just not the case anymore. I mean, a lot of guys have DSLRs and they make short films, you know. Yeah, but it's the people on YouTube that are putting together shitty cell phone video that are, you know, the new stars of tomorrow. Yeah, and then and then my argument is always, you know, and it's always been this way. It's all about content. It really doesn't matter what you shoot something on or technically with or edit with or whatever. It's It's the product in the end. And if the content is compelling, then it'll sell. Uh, and so how long did it take you to get to that little gem of information and knowledge? Oh, I think, um, I think I kind of, when I started in television, it was kind of the start of the digital indie film movement. So, um, and I'm like a self-professed DIYer and that. And that whole concept kind of pulled on my heartstrings. So I, um, so I was kind of I, I was kind of a part of that initial movement of do-it-yourself filmmaking. You know, mm-hmm. super low budget, no budget. Um, you know, um, filmmaking, and um, and so I, you know, I was kind of I feel like I was kind of part of that movement. Not that I was you know, part of it in the sense where I was helping advance it, but I was, I was caught up in it at least. Okay. So that moved you. And how does that, I mean, inform your skills? Like we called, we called you resourceful. You called yourself a Renaissance man. I mean, all of the stuff that you know, I mean, how'd you learn it? Not going to school, doing it, just hanging out on sets. Yeah. Just, just being around it. And then I just, I'm naturally. You're just amazing, naturally. No, I'm just naturally. I mean, I'm country, so. Uh, gr- growing up, we. We just learned how to fix shit. Like, you know, we. We you, you had to you had to fix shit. You had to learn shit. And you had to do shit on your own, and and that just carried through, um, to everything else in my life where I, feel like, um. You know, whatever it is, I can learn how to do it. Like, if another human is doing it, I feel like I can learn how to do it. Like, it ain't, you know, unless it's rocket science, which I'm still not sold that a normal person couldn't do. So then, I mean, is that, do you think that's a very helpful mentality to have if someone is planning on moving here? No, I think with all that said, I would, um, I think that's just me personally. Um, and then, and then I think, uh, an actual disadvantage 
of me being kind of the jack of all trades is that I'm considered not specialized in anything. And I think for anyone coming to L.A., it's very important to be specialized in whatever you're doing. I notice that, too. I mean, even with doing on-air stuff, like you need to be an expert at at something. You can't just like to talk with everyone about everything or else you, what category can we put you in? That kind of screws up our box setting thing that we do here. Right. And and I've noticed that, um, you know, I, I think generally... An employer here sees they need a very specific thing usually, and they're looking for a, a really specific person to do that. And if you don't fit that bill exactly, then you get passed up. And if if they need uh you know uh, a Final Cut Pro editor, and you send them a resume that says uh, director, producer, uh, editor. Um, photographer or cinema cinematographer or you know and you got this whole list of shit that you do it makes them think that you're not legit and you're not specialized in editing that you don't edit for a living um and so they feel like you're not specialized that you you're not specialized in editing you're not an editor you're like this whatever you're this fake you know want, you're wannabe. wannabe right uh, so I think it's important to be specialized. Um, and I find, you know, from my experience as a supervisor and hiring people, when they say they're an editor only, they can usually edit. And when they say they're a producer, director, actor, you know, <laughs> editor, photographer, then I, I, in my experience, those people are usually full of shit. <laughs> So then, and they really can't do any of it. Okay, that, but that well. so then you have several titles, right? And no, and that's what I'm. That's and I think that you do them all impressively well. Well, so I mean, I mean, what does one do when they are multi talented? Are you supposed to hide those things about yourself? Is that what you're suggesting from a hiring perspective? No, I think personally, it's something I struggle with, and then, and then, you know, I struggle with the question of if you stop doing all of this different shit and really oh yeah focused on one thing like how how good could you'll you be, be amazing at, at one thing well i mean and that's the other thing too like i kind of struggle with that too but i just i don't i don't know like it's hard for me to commit to one thing long enough to be so amazing at it so i've just kind of settled into being subpar at everything wow you speak really highly of yourself yeah i mean you got to out here. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so then for someone coming out here, potentially considering coming out here for a girl, for love. Yeah. I mean, what can you tell that person just as a few words of advice? Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know if I got lucky or... If- I'm just stupidly in love with my beautiful wife. Oh. Um. But I don't know. You gotta follow your heart. You know. I mean, that's what I did, and it worked out. But it obviously doesn't always work that way. And you know, sometimes you get a. You know, it could have went the other way, and I, you know, could have been in L.A. You know, by myself. So. Um. 
So I don't know. The advice is you gotta always, you know, follow your heart. If you feel like you might be in love with the chick, then you gotta at least try it out. Might be in love with the chick. Yeah. I'm glad at one point you were might be in love with me. Yeah. I mean that's good. I mean I think it worked out. I don't know. We'll might, see. Might. You know. Might. We're still honeymooning, so let's let's not let's not get too forward and ahead of ourselves. Okay. Uh. So follow your heart, people. If you are thinking about moving to the city of angels for love and words of advice from a hiring person uh don't put a bunch of shit on your resume (laughs) narrow it down to one title maybe two titles three titles and you're fucking hot dogging no one's gonna believe you no one's gonna hire you no one cares because you're full of shit and uh that's good advice for me because i put three titles on my resume and i know now what you guys are thinking so thank you for sharing those gems of information also thank you for hanging out with me on the la transplant thanks for having me next week we will be talking to a witch that i met at pagan pride festival over the weekend that's going to be a delightful it was a delightful surprise for me and i really can't wait to share it with everyone and also on blog we will be posting a list of some of the places that you can meet other single people if you are there looking for love and uh can't wait to share that with you as well until then 